Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Our Weekends Booked. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And this week we're on the Carrie Maniscalco Redemption Tour with Stalking Jack the Ripper. I will say for sure this is a Carrie Maniscalco Redemption because I don't think that either one of us really cared for the Kingdom of the Wicked series. No, definitely not. But this, this book was, like, amazing. Yeah, this was, I read this book fairly quickly. It kind of captures you from the very first page because I needed to know who the killer was. Oh, yeah, and I really liked how it was, like, historical fiction, but then it was, you know, Carrie Maniscalco's twist on it. Like, as you read it, you know, you don't, you don't know how it's going to end up, so it just gets you thinking, and it's, like, a really good whodunit. It's really well done. Yeah, and I kind of felt like, like you said, I liked the history part of it that was kind of sprinkled in there. And then she kind of put her own little twist on it. And even, it'll make more sense when we talk about it, but towards the ending, it really gave me like Frankenstein vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's, it is set in Victorian era London, which is quickly becoming one of my most favorite places to read about. Yeah, because we just finished another book that was in there in London, didn't we? Um, no, uh, well, yeah, we definitely did, but I'm trying to think how far back that was. But it is a place that we read about a lot, but each time we read about it, it's just different. You know what I mean? It's it's not the same type of setting, and this was actually like completely different than anything that we read so far. This would be a really good book series to turn into, like, a Hulu or Netflix series. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I would love it if they would do that. So you want to, like, get into the main characters? Yeah, so we can start off with our female main character, who is the ultimate main character in this book, at least I would say, Audrey Rose, who is born into a pretty wealthy family, And I feel like her father has expectations of her, especially during this time period, where she's supposed to be very prim and proper and do everything a lady's supposed to do. But all she really wants to do is be elbows deep in autopsies and learning about anatomy and things like that with her uncle, Jonathan, in his lab. Yeah, she's definitely not like most of the feminine characters that you would picture during this time period who were like sipping tea and you know gossiping about who's getting gentleman callers from who things like that she's like very science oriented she wants to know how things work especially like the body which I think is cool since we're both like in the medical field like we can kind of relate to that yeah so she you know she doesn't like spend a lot of time with her father she's always like you know, doing her lessons and then running to her uncle's lab where most of the time they're, like, dissecting bodies, which is pretty cool, too. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, I know that her uncle, he helps solve murders, but the way, like, he's always performing autopsies, so I was curious if it was, like, a back-in-the-day kind of mortician type. Or, like, a coroner, maybe? Yeah, because, like, they never specifically say it, I don't think. Yeah, and I think that because of their standing in society, 
that, you know, he probably is called on a little bit more than just like your average, like run in the mill corner, like, you know, some Joe nobody, you know what I mean? Like, because I mean, they call her father, Lord Edmund Wadsworth. So they are like high standing in society. So that they probably like value his opinion more than others. Well, and that's another thing that kind of played into why her father wanted her to be a certain way because of their standing in society. You know, he, I think he felt that people would frown upon her extracurricular activities. Yeah. And her dad too, I think he kind of had it rough because the mom is deceased. We find out exactly why like later, but so she's passed. He probably has a little bit of a struggle trying to raise her the right way too. So um, I think there's an aunt that's a little bit involved and she has like a cousin as well. Um, but for him, I'm sure that it's a lot easier to raise her brother, Nathaniel, than it is her. Yeah, I would agree with that. It just seems like whenever the aunt and the cousin are around, not so much the cousin, but the aunt, there's almost an air of like, not, I don't want to say fear from her, but she's definitely more on her P's and Q's whenever they're around. Yeah, and I think that might be because she's probably not comfortable around them. You know, she doesn't want to, like, misstep. And I think that she, that her dad would, like, send her away with the aunt. And she doesn't want that to happen because, you know, she obviously, like, loves working with her uncle. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it that way. So, um, we also have Thomas Cresswell, who is, like, an apprentice for her uncle, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with that. And they're about the same age. And I'm going to just say this. And if you've never seen the show, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But Thomas Cresswell, for me, is from Peaky Blinders, Finn, the youngest brother. Like, Yes! (laughs) Right? Just like, like little cutie pie you know you can sense that he's a little dangerous but he also is a little like got a little bit humor going that was like the first thing that popped into my head i will never be able to unsee him as anyone but finn now right it it just works if they did a show i want him to play thomas cresswell yeah and thomas cresswell i i want to say his family was pretty affluent as well Yeah, and he's actually, I'm not sure if he's estranged from them or if they just have so much money that he has his own flat. I'm not sure what all that was going on, but he definitely comes from money. When they talked about his his private flat that he had, I was like, how old are these kids? Yeah, and I think we're thinking like 17, 18-ish. But I guess back in those times, it was pretty normal for yeah. things to happen, like, when you're a lot younger in life. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because they were getting married and they were, like, 15. <laughs> yeah, so, but I I would say that Thomas is probably my favorite character in this book. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I did love Audrey Rose. We have that really strong, you know, feminine lead that we love, but, like, he was just a lot of fun. Yeah, he had, like, always like, had, he had like a, a lot of layers to him. Yeah, and it, it just seemed like he always had like a like a quirky sense of humor. 
in any situation, even if it was a serious one. Yeah, I, was, I, have, I have like a little note. He's very cheeky. He's handsome and cheeky and I don't know. He was cool. I would really like to see him portrayed like in, in on TV. I think yeah. that would just be awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree. So our third character who played a huge part in the book, I thought, was Audrey Rose's brother, Nathaniel. And he comes across at the beginning as a very follow the rules type kid, does everything his father says, doesn't want to get, you know, doesn't want to step out of line. And I, I, at the beginning, felt like it was because he was worried about his standing in society and maybe his inheritance and all these things. But I quickly, for some reason, felt like this dude is way too perfect. He's the Ripper. Yeah, we did talk about that, that we thought that it was him, like, right off the bat. Um, so, Nathaniel, I think you're right that he was, like, a little too perfect, and that's what, like, led us to think that maybe he was the Ripper. Um, but I think a lot of it had to do with the father, because the father is just a hot mess at this point. He yeah, is, well, like, like, addicted to opioids. Yeah. Absolutely distraught about his his wife's death, which okay, understandable, right? But like, is is crawling in like opi opioid dens or opium dens, which I didn't even realize was a real thing. And it is. I looked it up. <laughs> well, I had seen it in some show, and uh, well, yeah, Peaky Blinders is definitely in there. But I had seen it someplace else, and I asked, I asked my husband, I was like, "Is that was that a real thing?" And he was like, "Well, yeah, absolutely was." Yeah, but I guess yeah. like it's you know it's now it's just like now when you have a lot of money and you go you know score whatever kind of drug you want, it's the same thing except they actually like had a place where they could go to get it at that time. Um, but yeah, so like Nathaniel was worried because. His dad is is doing this, and I think that it probably was, like, making the rest of society look down on them. So he had to be, like, extra perfect, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, like, the way she describes him is he never even has a hair out of place. But she adores him. She does. She loves her brother very much. And I, I think that he really loves her, too. Like, you know, he would absolutely do anything for her. It's just crazy to me because... I thought at first I was like, maybe Thomas is the killer. Uh, no, I, too. I, did. I was like, no, it's Nathaniel. And then you see, she basically becomes, and I said this to Brielle, Brielle says Sherlock Holmes. I said Nancy Drew, but you know, same difference and tries to solve these Ripper murders and like implants herself into basically this investigation that's going on. Because her uncle is, does the autopsies at the beginning. So she becomes really intrigued about the whole case and is determined that she's going to solve it. But you see this poor girl go through all these emotions. And she, at one point, thinks that her father is the murderer. Yeah, I don't think that there was any character in this book that wasn't at one time pegged to be the murderer. Male character. That's true. I mean, I so, think they were even suspicious of her at one point. Oh, yeah. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, um, obviously the title is Stalking Jack the Ripper. So 
um, Jack the Ripper was like a serial killer, probably one of the first serial killers in London during this Victorian era. Um, has have they actually ever figured out who he was? I don't think so. Okay, I didn't think so either. And I think that that was what made this book so interesting, like we were talking about before, was some of it was historical. Like, there's actually pictures in the book that were taken from, like, newspaper articles and things like that. But then since this book has a conclusion and, like, we never actually find out in real life who Jack the Ripper is, you know, that was that, like, fictionized side of it. Yeah, and I will say, like, it was so well-written. At one point, I found myself going, that's not what really happened, was it? Yeah. Like, just, just, I knew it wasn't, but just the way it was written, it, it, I had to, like, take a minute, and I was like, wow. And I was shocked because, like I said, I was not impressed by the Kingdom of the Wicked series. And when we decided to read these books, I was really skeptical about whether or not I was going to actually enjoy reading them. And I'm glad that we picked it up. And I, I can't wait to read the other books in the series. Yeah, so this is actually, for our listeners, this is a four-book series. Um, the first one is this one, Stalking Jack the Ripper. And then you have Hunting Prince Dracula, Escaping from Houdini, and then Capturing the Devil. And as far as we know... We've only read the first one, but as far as we know, Audrey Rose and Thomas Cresswell are kind of like your main characters in each one. And I think they like kind of travel around the world working on cases. Well, by the end of the book, they're in love. So they better still both be in the book. Yes, that is true. They are in love. And I mean, I was rooting for it. I really was. Yeah, I got to a point where I was like, is this going to happen already or what? Because it was really, it was... You know, back in those times, it was very uncommon and looked down upon for a man and a woman to even be friends or be in public privately or whatever without being, like, in a courtship or things like that. And because these two shared this bond of trying to solve this mystery, you know, there was a lot of times when they were in close quarters together and... The way that Carrie Maniscalco kind of like plays it out is it is like a slow burn that actually has like the perfect ending. I I like this relationship way more than um in her other books with Wrath and I don't remember what the girl's name was in that book to be honest with you, but this was played out much better than that was. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, even the the plot outline and everything in this book was a lot better. And I will say, I when I did look up some information on her as an author, which we didn't really talk to you guys about because we did that when we did our first episode about her, um, I did find that she got her love of reading from her grandmother. And this book is actually dedicated to her, and I really love that. Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah. I all around love this book better than the last series yeah and this was i don't know if we've already said this but this was her debut right this is her debut novel yeah it was published in 2016 so this was actually her first novel that came out yeah so i don't know what happened there for a while miss maniscalco but 
You need to go back to writing like this. <laughs> I mean, and listen, I know that there was like tons of people that loved that Kingdom of the Wicked series. So if you loved it, you loved it. Everyone has their own taste in books. I did like the second book in the series a lot. Um, but the first and the last book just kind of fell flat for me. I was a little disappointed at the endings and some of the plot points seemed a little mundane. But complete 360 for me. Oh, another thing that it was just an interesting little tidbit, because, you know, like I love my little tidbits, was that the, um, the Bethlehem Royal Hospital was mentioned in this book. And we all know that the nickname for that place is Bedlam, which is where the majority of the Immortal Empire series took place, which was also one of our favorite series that we've ever read. That was one of the first book series that we actually talked about on our podcast. Yeah. I just thought that was so cool. I have it, like, um, noted in my in my book with my little sticky note. <laughs> Jeez. It's interesting to me how a lot of the fantasy series that we read or the fiction series that we read each have some little nuance that is in every single book. Or, yeah. you know, flipped and portrayed in a different way. But there's, you know, just like Mab that we talk about all the time. Yeah, how everything kind of intertwines. And each each book that we read or each, like, series that we read is, you know, an individual series. And it doesn't have anything that actually, like, overlaps. But because a lot of what we read, like, takes, you know, pieces from actual history, then I think that's where, like, all these little little tidbits come from yeah and and this book really the history part of it you know the murders and things like that were pretty graphically detailed just like they were with the actual stalking jack the ripper like jack the stalking jack the ripper with the actual jack the ripper but there was an interesting thing that i was so curious about and it made sense at the end was whenever they would find a new body there was always like a gear next to it or some sort of you know mechanical piece yeah is that where you got like the frankenstein thing from yeah mm -hmm. yeah and it, it was a shame like um these victims in the book were just like the real victims where they were most of them were prostitutes you know they were on the lower end of society women that would not be necessarily missed which is sad you know because you you have to think like you know everybody's life is valuable and here these women are trying the best they can and then they have to also be worried that they're gonna be stalked by jack the ripper yeah i mean and i don't want to say too much detail because it, it'll give away the whole ending of the book and who the actual killer is. And I don't want you guys to know that because you have to read this book. Well, we will say that we did guess who it was, but the reason why they did it was nowhere near anything that I could have imagined. That was a plot twist like no other. I could not even believe yeah, but the way it was done, was it was it was perfectly done. You know, you know, sometimes when you read a book and they have a plot twist and you're like, why did that just happen? That was not the case here at all. Like it it actually made sense. As unrealistic as it may have been in the end, it made sense to the actual story that she was telling. Oh, 100 percent. 
A hundred percent. And honestly, like, yes, it was extremely unrealistic, but who knows when people are so, what's the word I want to use without giving too much away. When people are so mentally unstable because of events that have happened in their life, people are, will try anything. Let's be real. So even though it was unrealistic, could somebody really do some crazy shit like that? hundred percent. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I do not doubt that somebody has tried to do this, <laughs> you know, and like you said, it's because of unfortunately like mental illness in the end. Yeah. Which another thing about speaking of mental illness in this book that I found very interesting, and I've seen this in a few other books that we've read during this time, when someone is accused of a crime, no matter what it is, they don't take you to jail. They take you to the insane asylum. Yeah. Even before you're proven guilty. Yeah. And in this one, we won't tell you who went, but the character that was actually taken there, like he, they were like drugged and like completely out of their mind. So just being there like made them insane. And I think that that's more of like an actual event that ha happened. You know what I mean? Like that's not something that she dramatized. Like I think that that's actually how it was back then. Yeah, that's a, and that's what I was saying. Like to my point that that this I've seen this in a few books that we've read back in this time. Like they don't care whether you've actually done a crime or not. Like sorry, this is where you're going. And then how are you ever supposed to defend yourself when they drug you up 24 hours a day? Yeah. And make you feel like you're insane. Yeah, and you can't even tell your version of the truth because you can't even remember your own name at that point. Yeah, it's crazy. I did want to say, we did leave out one part about her father. So, when he's gone at this opium recovery center, he goes to rehab for a couple weeks, you know. So, when he comes back, she still thinks that he could potentially be the killer, and her and she decides to follow him. Yeah, and she kind of thinks that he has a helper, which I guess he would be a supporting character. His name is Blackburn. Um, he's like essentially like your chief of police at the time, but he is also pretty close to Audrey Rose's age. And he kind of fancies her. So it kind of gives you that um, dual threat. You know, he could be aiding her father with the ill intention of, like, trapping her in a marriage. There was just, like, a lot of layers to this. Yeah, it was definitely like an onion. You had to keep peeling it back. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since we've read a book or at least for me where it was kind of like a murder mystery like this. Yeah. I can't remember reading one that was set up like this before. I mean, we've read some, well, we read like Ashley flowers book, but I don't even think that that was on the same lines as this. No. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like Ashley flowers book, but I, this one was definitely better. Oh, yeah, this was way better. Yeah, definitely. And, I, again, I do love a strong female character. So I did love that 
she was kind of the lead on this whole investigation. And it's crazy at the same time that her family somehow, her whole family is implicated. And of course they would be because, right, she's the main character. So her family is going to be implicated. But it was like potential suspects, like her whole family, her, Thomas Craswell, and Blackburn, the police officer. Like there was no more external people that they even looked at, which was odd. Well, you think it was because, like, she was... Because it was her focus, right? Yeah. But you are correct that, like, Blackburn never... He never, like, breached the subject of, oh, let's look outside of these four people. <laughs> he was like, these are one of your killers right here. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. He really wasn't a great character. I didn't really care for him too much. No, and I think... I think she did a good job in making us, you know, making us feel like that because we weren't supposed to like him. I mean, come on. We we were rooting for Thomas the whole time here. Yeah, I definitely wanted them to be together. I mean, I just felt like this book had the perfect mix of the murder. There was love sprinkled in there, family drama, history. It was a good little melting pot of tropes. Even though I hate that word, I'll use it. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely correct. It was just very well done. Um, very surprised that this was her debut novel. Like we've said before, this was just so much better. And I really just have really high expectations for the next four. Now, my dad did read them, and he said that they were amazing. So, I mean, he reads like a book a day, though. So, you know, sometimes his judgment's a little off. But I do trust him with this one because of how much I enjoyed this one. I did give it five stars, I th or four stars. I think the only reason I didn't give it five stars is because I did figure out who the killer was. But like I said before, we still had to, like, you know, go all the way through the book to figure out, like, why they did it. Like, what was their motivation for it? Yeah, I mean... I, that might have been why I didn't give it five stars as well, because I did figure it out pretty early on, even though I will say in her defense as a writer, it, I even questioned my own thoughts at least 20 times. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> there was constantly something little sprinkled in here and there that made you think, well, are they the killer or is it this person? Yeah, just so well done. I don't think I can say that enough. Highly, highly, highly recommend this book. Um, I'm sure that will give you like an update later when we finish the series. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about it is Carrie Meniscalco, definitely redemption for us. I am actually excited to read some of like if she puts out new books, I'm looking forward to reading them. Um, which I'm happy to say because I know she's a very popular author. And that's kind of why I was so disappointed with the other books. But this this whole book right here, and hopefully the rest of the series, will be a complete redemption for me. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up episode 18. If you liked what you heard, give us a rating on whatever podcast outlet you listen to. And head on over to Instagram and check us out at our underscore weekends underscore book. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time.